Now, speaking of Final Fantasy. No, 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 no. Today during Summer Game Fest, DoorDash has your back. Get, <laughs> you can get a free burrito. It's the Talking Games Podcast. Now, speaking of Final Fantasy. No, 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 no. Today during Summer Game Fest, DoorDash has your back. Get, <laughs> you can get a free burrito. Uh, welcome back. This is episode 108. I'm Major. Um, unfortunately, uh, everyone else is stuck in traffic or they're doing something else. I have no idea. It's Saturday. It's been a very busy week for all of us. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us. Don't forget to check out the website, gamesinquirer.com. You can find us on all the socials, forward slash gamesinquirer. Uh, we've got a interview this week. Uh, Paul Hellman, uh, developer of Horus, uh, is on this week. How are you, how you doing? I'm not too bad, thanks. How are you doing? Uh, it could be better. It's uh, 34 <laughs> degrees outside, so I'm not surprised that this <laughs> we're alone this week. Uh, Bam is uh, usually on. Uh, Chloe is stuck in traffic. They will be on very, very shortly. No nightmare of Callum this week. Uh, Callum, if he is listening, uh, you're supposed to be the master of ceremonies, dude. This is not good. You're not here. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for joining us, Paul. Uh, how was your thoughts so far this uh, this fest- this gaming season, Summer Games Fest? Um. It's been all right. I haven't seen much, to be honest. Um, I haven't been online. I've been out and about doing some walking, trying to trying to take advantage of some of the, the nice weather. Yes. it's uh, If you can hear that in the background, that is my fan. Uh, it's 35 <laughs> degrees in this house right now. Uh, there's no chance I'm not having a fan on here. I'm not off. Um, I, will, I do want to give a quick shout out to VGC this week. Um <laughs> So, uh, if you guys noticed, the uh, Zelda news broke uh, yesterday. Broke, and I use that in quotations, uh, because apparently Jeff Schreier was trying to say that he broke the news on the Nintendo planning the next Zelda movie. Uh, episode 105, one hour and nine minutes in, that was about two, three weeks ago now, um, we broke the news. And uh, if you guys don't believe me, and I have had people calling me a liar, uh, so here's the clip. Basically, I've been hearing from several sources over this last week uh, from Nintendo. um, I've also tried reaching out to Illumination, but they're not so great. I do have a couple of sources in Nintendo and they have repeatedly told me that a Zelda movie is confirmed. They are that that will be the next big film that comes from Nintendo. See, told you. (laughs) Shout out to VGC, who did not give us any credit. (laughs) It's always the way. Uh, but yes, Zelda has been confirmed. Um, I know that some people are calling us liars, but yeah, there's the there's your proof. We, episode 105, one hour and nine minutes in, you can find that clip. Uh, but uh, moving on to this story, uh, because this is uh, something that's blowing off on Twitter today, and it probably will be for the rest of the week. Uh, the big Activision Nick Merck's uh, removal of his skin uh, for making anti-LGBTQ comments on uh, on Twitter. Uh, did you see this, Paul? You see these comments you uh, post? No, I, I didn't. I, I, I uh, literally, when you mentioned it earlier, um, that's all I've seen of it. So I've had a brief skim over the um, sort of news thing you sent me. Yeah. Um, so he's trying to say basically um, that trans people, gay people are basically pedophiles, um, yeah. and he's 
Yeah, he's 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 stating that he doesn't. He got kicked off because he tried uh, arguing with people on Twitter that trans people, gay people, were basically pedophiles and child molesters, and they're grooming kids. Uh, he got then got seen by Activision those comments, and uh, Call of Duty devs uh, reached out to a number of people uh, to try and get some context, uh, and then immediately pulled the bundle off the uh, Warzone and Modern Warfare Two uh, for his operator skin. Um, uh, celebrating obviously this is pride month it'd be extremely yeah. bad if they allowed that to carry on yeah <laughs> but uh he said it wasn't an anti-gay tweet even though it blatantly was uh anti-gay tweet and i have been seeing obviously the uh the dr disrespect response that he posted uh uninstalling call of duty like that's gonna do anything yeah <laughs> <laughs> like anyone cares and, and Obviously, as a as a fellow developer of yours, uh, I don't know your thoughts on Doctor Disrespect uh, because he did used to work for Activision many years ago. Uh, he worked on Call of Duty games. Um, his basically his argument is: What did he do wrong? What did he say wrong that was so bad? Is there I, 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 from the from our side of it? Because obviously we're the journalist PR side. You guys are the developers. Is there more of a uh, more of a I don't want to say homophobia, but as from anybody that you've ever met in other studios, is there sort of this, you know, very right wing sort of lean thinking? Because obviously on our side, it's very left wing uh, arguments, obviously against this sort of thing. But I don't know about the developer side, but obviously we don't disrespect him being a developer. Yeah, I mean, obviously I can't speak for everyone. I, I came up in the 90s, the mid 90s, and there was a lot of casual homophobia, but mainly yeah. because it was mid-90s um and as far as i know everyone i've worked with has kind of grown out of that by the early 2000s it's yeah, yeah pretty much everyone i know is very left-leaning um yeah certainly not um anti-gay and trans if you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i mean there's a lot of people that i've worked with a lot of people we work with regularly uh, are either in the lgbtq community mm-hmm. or they are directly left wing anybody all the pr guys we know most of the developers we know most of the outlets that for example yep, yep. with you guys know press engine uh super yep. rare they're obviously yep. very left leaning uh they yep. do get a lot of flack sometimes for that but <laughs> there is obviously the argument that dr disrespect is somehow broadening is 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 the overall picture of developers which yep. i don't think is that obviously isn't accurate no, no. But there is people like him, and everyone's saying, oh, he was right to say what he said, and it's such a great thing. You have to remember who Dr. Disrespect is. He got fired from Activision for being <laughs> extremely, extremely abusive to female colleagues. Um, he was also a bit of a pervert, so he got right. fired from Infinity Ward. I think it was Infinity Ward. I might be wrong there. It might be Raven Software. But he got kicked out of that company for his behaviour. Uh, he then got kicked out of E3, for the same behaviour, going into women's bathrooms, trying to film up their skirts, things of that nature. He isn't exactly the right person to be looking for for morals (laughs) or being indicative of the industry. I know this a lot of people because obviously we heard from uh, GDC, from PAX. Uh, We broke the story there uh, about a month ago during the GDC. uh, Big controversy that there was uh, women getting drugged during after parties and uh, potentially sexually assaulted 
Um, that no. had nothing to do with GDC whatsoever. No, but, no. Yeah, there was a uh, three or four women that reported they were roofied and um, and assaulted in bathrooms, and somebody tried to pretend they were a developer and then <laughs> two women in a hotel room. Uh, there is obviously that Bloody sort hell. of culture that does exist at these events. It's not necessarily the broader scope, but Doctor no, Bitch, no, no. no. But obviously, I've spoke to. I've been working in this industry now for about six years, uh, and I don't think I've ever met anybody uh, that's even remotely like that guy. Um, I have no. got the clip of uh, of what he said. If you don't know the news. Yesterday, uh, it just blew my mind absolutely blew my mind that Call of Duty Activision made the decision to pull Nick Merckx's skin and bundle off the game you know champs uh, I mean just imagine he does still very I mean, Nick's, he's he one agrees. of us <laughs> he's one of us streamers right get to the point I mean to get your own skin and bundle and that whole f collaboration on the biggest shooter franchise out there and be one of the first to do it in in Call of Duty. That's such a massive accomplishment, you know? And he worked hard years and years, built a nice community. He's, he's a great representation of, sh of a streamer gaming. You know, and just like that, he made it, got it in there, and they pulled it down. <sighs> That's a fucking tough one, man. That's a tough one. For what again? So what I got to do. Go on, install Call of Duty. Well, that's going to make well, we any difference do. whatsoever. <laughs> You've already paid for it, you idiot. <laughs> is uninstall the game number one oh, no. i mean don't get a mistake in this year's call of duty is the worst in its franchise uh, <laughs> yeah it, it says that, that decision, any game any call of duty by cod pr not, marketing uh, team it's the worst call of duty. <laughs> <laughs> uh i'll tell you right now man that's a tough one that's a tough one to digest for the two time he's you don't know the new a clown he is such a clown <laughs> Uh, yeah, the reason Nick Merck's stuff got taken down is because he was making homophobic comments. And I I, I know we're going to get flack and I'm going to get stuff in my DMs on Sunday night calling me some, like a simp or whatever. I, this has been going on for months and months and months. We get attacked for having, you know, not, not being abusive to our community. And we've got a growing community. We're not the largest, but we're getting there. Uh, this came from a, another streamer. Jeff Brutlag, uh, he's on Twitch. Uh, he works with Capcom. Uh, he's obviously of uh, he's he's gay. He's from the LGBTQ community. Uh, he was posted messages of uh, some of the stuff he got from Nick Merckx and Doctor Disrespect's followers. I will leave the link down below to see the sort of some some of the stuff we're talking about. The uh, the abuse that we get is similar to what he's gotten, which is uh, isn't great. Um, and people saying, oh, they're going to blacklist Call of Duty and Microsoft and uh, and stop playing their games. They're never going to play Call of Duty again because they're part of the LGBT community, that they are grooming children. Microsoft last week 
Uh, I don't know how far you kept up on the news, Paul. I don't know how how much you were in. Um, I, I, again, I I saw this in what you said earlier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm Mark's off. Yeah, very not fine. Fast. Twenty minutes last week. <laughs> Uh, right. For collecting children's information. Yeah. Uh, and storing it and then selling it to other people. Yes. Uh, so anybody saying that obviously Mark, so they're going to stop playing because obviously they're supporting trans trans men and women uh, for grooming children. Mark's have got fined for collecting children's information, but there was absolutely no uproar about that whatsoever. No. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, Actually, it's wonderful. Yeah. Privacy. <laughs> Uh, what is your uh, your opinion of the Microsoft Activision Blizzard stuff? Um, what do you mean by stuff? <laughs> well, the uh, the acquisition is it good thing, bad thing? The uh, the CMA's ruling. Being that uh, you're from my neck of the woods in Kent, I am. Yes, uh, I used to live. Whereabouts are you? You in Midway, aren't you? Uh, I'm in Sittingbourne. Um, oh, okay, right. yeah, not too far from where I was. And I'm a, I was Medway. I did live in Medway. Okay, yeah, well, I'm, I'm ME10, which, I mean, strictly speaking, makes us Medway, but um, I don't think we are geographically. <laughs> uh, you're, you're only about 20 minutes from where I used to live. I know Sittingbourne quite well. Nice. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, your, your accent is uh, familiar. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it's, it's London. <laughs> it's more, it's London, Kent. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I worked in Croydon, like, when I started out in the games industry, so... I'm, I'm I'm familiar with the, the bottom bit of London and the top bit of Kent. I, I didn't do no coin. One of my favourite nightclubs there was the Blue Orchid many years yeah, ago. Yeah. <laughs> I love that place. First yeah. time I ever saw Coolio live was in the Blue oh, Orchid. Nice. One of my favourite rappers. He was he was part of, very big part of my childhood and I was thrilled to see him and then two weeks later they shut the club down and gutted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but we got Bam in. Bam, how you doing, buddy? Yo, what's up, man? My bad. I think I had my mic muted, yo. Uh, it's, I'm going good, man. You know, I just been, uh, I started a new work schedule, so really been trying to get acclimated to that. You know, I got to get up every morning at three o'clock in the morning and then to clean get back up. home. Hey, man. I'm out here tired, bro. Slaving. But, you know, we your windows at 3 a.m., man. Oh, no. Nah. So that's that's only one aspect of, like, the business. But, like I told you, I got a bunch of government projects for, like, the uh, United States Postal Service. So, Oh. And these, I got a, so I got a, I got a couple of new buildings um, out here in Florida. You know, I started trying to expand a little bit. So still got this stuff going in Massachusetts. Yeah, man. You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to get to this money, man. You know, the money calling me. Yes. But we're here, man. To talk about yeah. this game. Yes. Uh, thank you to Bam for joining us. Bam, we say hello to uh, Paul Hellman, developer for Horace. What's going on, Paul? How you doing, man? All right. How are you doing? Hey, man, got this cup of coffee, ready to go, man. Very uh, nice. Uh, we've obviously already spoken about the... Uh, I did message you, actually, on Twitter, Bam. I did ask you about the uh, the VGC Zelda movie. <laughs> Apparently exclusive, mm. break. Uh, you didn't respond. No, exclusive, bro. So you talked you about it, it, like, weeks ago? You yes, about two, this, three what, like, weeks, ago. weeks ago. I yeah. broke the news. I got the worldwide exclusive. Me. <laughs> Not VGC. <Yeah>. Me. <laughs> right. And I, I still haven't got any credit. I did message Andy, the guy who's the editor-in-chief of VGC, and asked for a retraction. He didn't even bother replying. So if we have got anyone listening to this who, who would like to support us, go reach out to VGC and ask them to 
to clarify the information they gave because we broke that two weeks ago. I have played the clip already. There is the link to episode 105 on our Twitter page. It's at one hour, nine minutes in. You can hear me specifically say Zelda movie is coming next. And lo and behold, Jeff Schreier apparently broke the news two weeks after we did. Anyway, uh, Summer Games Fest, biggest uh, festival this year. Uh, Gamescom is going to be following on after. I think that's around September, October time. Um, E3, obviously, dead and buried. I don't think it's coming back at all. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to E3 or Summer Games Fest or any of these big ones. Have you, Paul? Uh, no. The, the, uh, I went to EGX couple of years ago um and i used to go to ects back in the day mm. but i haven't been to any particularly big ones since really i mean we went to egx last year uh Not it was pretty much dead uh, oh, okay. as far as big reveals the only the big two games that were there was sonic frontiers uh and the new call of duty uh call of duty was garbage <laughs> in the early <laughs> play test you had uh, because there was, it had everybody going on keyboard and mouse, and I had absolutely no, because I've always played on the controller, so I right. don't know how to use a keyboard and mouse. And then somebody had moved the keys around, so I couldn't even figure out how to shoot. <laughs> and then they had like Sonic Frontiers, which was absolutely phenomenal, but this that was it. That was the whole thing. And the most like ninety percent show floor room was stalls and stands selling, God knows what. It's oh, the same right. with um. Not with Waz. Waz was a bit different. Waz was wicked. And that's probably the, my favourite one of the ones we've been to so far. We went to Insomnia uh, Somnia 68 last year as well. That was great. Um, there was too much short flow rooms. There's meant to be a gaming showcase. and had like 12 developers in total. It was mainly esports. <laughs> but Summer Games Fest this year, I, don't, I want to know what your guys' opinion. Is it bad, good, or was it just mid? Uh, I'll let Paul go first. Um, I, I, as I say, I must admit, I, I haven't followed any of it. I'm, I'm terrible at keeping up with news and stuff. <laughs> oh, Paul, Paul, okay. Paul, Paul. Have you been checking out? Then you should check our website for news and stuff. So I, I yes, and um, yeah, I, 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 I really don't know anything. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you a quick rundown. Um, I do actually want to, uh, a couple of messages, actually, I forgot to address. Uh, we did last week when we asked you if we could send in some intro music. Uh, thank you very much to Jamie from Leeds. <laughs> I'm not playing it. <laughs> Don't even ask. But uh, he sent, you remember the uh, the BBC report with Gary, Gary Lineker? Uh, when they started having uh, rather risque noises going off during the mid-broadcast. Do you remember that, Paul? Um, I think it's yes. more fun to us than it would be to Bam, but... Yes, no, I remember, uh, obviously I just watched it on YouTube. Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad I did not just automatically upload that to the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said, That's an intro. Very funny. <laughs> I got a good laugh, that ain't happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So if you'd like to send us an intro music for the beginning of this podcast, talking games podcast at outlook.com, please leave your name and where you are from before you do. We do need to obviously know who you are so we can give you credit. Uh, but yeah, uh, no more than one minute long. Send it to the, uh, to the podcast and make it an actual song, please. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, we also got asked why we're not covering all the news uh, because this week so far, 
and it hasn't even ended yet. There's been 225 games announced. I am not writing 225 articles. I did do a lot of it. I did write most of the Summer Games Fest. Uh, I tried doing the first day, although that was averaging 70 games within the first 45 minutes, and I had enough. Uh, I'm not trying to cover all that. Um, but we have been posting all links. You can go check out the recaps. They're on the homepage with a link, Summer Games Fest Guide. Uh, you can find out every game. There's all the trailers and all the showcases. You can watch them all. Uh, but the biggest thing I think was announced uh, was Prince of Persia. Uh, there was Mortal Kombat 1. What confused me about this showcase is that Sony was there, Insomnia. They did a presentation. The only thing they announced was the release date. Why well, they couldn't do that during the PlayStation showcase a week ago, I have no idea. But all they announced was that it's the showcase, and apparently you can switch between Peter and Miles dynamically, whatever the hell that means. I don't know what they mean by dynamically, but you could do that in 2013 with GTA 5. So I don't know what's new about it, to be honest. What was the point of the PlayStation showcase? They didn't show anything. Uh, yeah. We also got. I think. Uh, I think. I think. Uh, I think uh, Jeff Keighley may have got you know some of these exclusive, um, like you know, like the release date, the Mortal Kombat stuff. I think he got a lot of this stuff before because if if you watch that Sony showcase, it looked like that thing was just threw together in like, like a day before, minutes. like they announced it. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it didn't look like it was something that they had planned for. So. I mean, I think I think Jeff Keighley stuff may have been planned out, and maybe maybe he had a lot of this stuff because he also had the FF7 Rebirth, you know, information, and and that's another Sony exclusive coming coming out of uh, Square Enix. So, yeah, I don't know why I mean, they didn't include that. Know. Why was why did they put all those give those games to Jeff Keighley though, when they had absolutely because, nothing during that PlayStation one? Because again, I mean, I think I think I think Jeff Keighley stuff was just already planned out, like you know, like months in advance, and this is probably stuff that he had got planned already and sony just threw their stuff together i don't think i don't think that they really planned it out and i don't think that they could have got the um the rights to you know to announce their stuff because if, if jeff Keeley had already had the rights to you know to announce all this stuff you know exclusively even if it's coming to sony's again it looked like they just threw it together two days before they announced it so maybe it yeah. was just poor planning yeah uh we obviously that's a military term um poor planning makes poor performance and that PlayStation yeah. Showcase was flipping awful. Uh, they had absolutely nothing to announce. That And plus, the, the Summer Games Fest, speaking of Final Fantasy Rebirth, I don't know why they left that to the end. Why was the, What was the point of that? That wasn't a big reveal. They should have gone in the middle. For starters, the majority of players, <clears throat> Sony's players, are still on PS4. Rebirth is a PS5 exclusive. So they're not going to get as much of an audience on that. So a lot of people are going to be like, ugh, can't play it. You've then They're got... probably Sonic playing Super on that game. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, go on, go on. I'll leave it to you. I was just saying that, that like, you know, that they're, that they're probably planning on that game to, to push consoles because there's a lot of people out there, you know, like there's only, what, 31, 32 million P like PS5s out there in the wild right now. Yeah. Um, so there's still a lot of people who can still transfer over, and 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 they're probably banking on that game to put to push some console sales. Because Final Fantasy, that's a pretty big franchise, with seven being at the forefront of most people's favorite game. Um, I don't I don't know why, but that's another conversation. But I mean, they're really thinking that that game is probably going to push some console sales, and that's probably why they thought that that was the big announcement. Even though we like we've already seen FF7 Rebirth before, so it's just like what you said. This wasn't this wasn't that that. Oh yeah, we got one more thing. This wasn't that type of announcement, at least in my opinion. I don't think that this should have been the last thing. No, no. 
Uh, we obviously got news as well this week. Final Fantasy 9 and 10 are both getting remakes. Uh, that will be the next one. We'll be following the same path as Final Fantasy 7. They're obviously skipping Final Fantasy 8. That game was garbage. But Gee, I didn't realise that. Uh, Final Fantasy 9 is one of my favourite games. I'm same. quite excited yeah. about that. Completed that game within, I think, about four days when that came out. <laughs> I bought that on PS1 and I played that night and day. Did not stop. Vivi is still my personal favourite Final Fantasy character. Yeah, Vivi. Love that game. Did you say Vivi? Just your Final Fantasy. If they kept Final Fantasy as Final Fantasy Nine and just made a separate series series out of that, yes, like I would have, I would be fine with that. I'd want that over what they produced with Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen. My God. Yep. Those games were garbage. <laughs> Absolutely <Yeah>. terrible. Like <laughs> Eleven. Do you remember in Eleven? With it was literally you just run along a path for like four or five hours. <laughs> it was it was terrible. Like you you start it was the most linear game I've ever played. You're literally on one road yep. through the entire game, and there's no it's there's like one save point. There's no shops. Yep. With a with a chest in it. <laughs> yeah. Like what what was the point? <laughs> that game wasn't Final Fantasy. It was terrible. I do agree with you and with you and Paul about FF9 probably being like a remake announcement of that would have been a bigger announcement or like a bigger showing because like. We've been knowing about that since that like, video leak came out, you know, to, you know, two like two or three years ago. So it would have been nice to finally see like what they were working on, but uh, I don't know, man. I just don't really understand why they thought that FF Seven Rebirth, which we've already seen, was mm. a super big, great announcement for the end. I mean, that, that game was supposed to come out last year, and then it got delayed. But the thing is, with this, is that it's it's. This Final Fantasy chapter stuff they're doing is just to milk fans because they're char- they're going to charge you full price for it. So essentially, you're paying full price for a, like a third of a game. Yep. <laughs> for a game that's like eight years yeah. old, and they've only just slightly increased the graphics. I like the first one, but if they if you're going to release a game on PS4, at least keep the rest of the series on it. Yeah. I mean, especially if it, you've cut a game up into three pieces, that's ridiculous. Well, it is right. The next one will be on PS6. <laughs> exactly. Console generation would have moved on by the time they've developed the third one. Uh, but after have all three consoles, Sony make a fortune. <laughs> it's, I mean, you could. I mean, this this won't be coming yet, but I think eventually they will release it on Steam, and they'll have it as all three as a bundle. It probably yeah. cost you hundred pound for the whole lot, but you know, it's just way it's with say Square Enix and Sony. Uh, we also got news of Sonic Superstars return to 2.5D rather than 3D open world. I don't know why they do that, because I think the Sonic Frontiers uh, as a 3D game is great. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say too much about the gameplay, because I personally found it a little bit frustrating, but I do like the fact they are returning to 2D. Uh, I know you got very excited about that, Bam. I saw your post. <laughs> oh, that was just a funny, <laughs> that was just a funny little <laughs> meme, man. But, but yeah, man, um, that... Seeing Sonic go back to 2D, I'm, I'm I'm definitely hyped to see what they do with that man. Because Frontiers, while it was it was like a fresh take on on Sonic, um, that open world was super super dead, and I don't know. It just like for me, like some of like the best parts of that game was when you went into some of those challenges and like it put you in like the little like uh the, like the time speed record things to like try to you know finish the level in like a certain amount of time. That was what I really enjoyed most because it really gave you that you know like a normal sonic feel if 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 they're not doing an open world and making you feel like you're playing sonic adventures one or two i don't i'm not really i'm not really on board with that but you know 2d is good man 
Uh, oh, we also got news uh, like a Dragon Games, the man who erased his name will not be on last gen. That I don't mind at all. <clears> I think it's, uh, this game has been teased for quite a while. The Alan Wake 2 stuff had already been announced months before. So well, we'd already seen that, plus at the PlayStation Showcase, you already knew that. So they just rehashed the same trailer again. Uh, the one thing I did was interested in, though, was Toxic Commando from John Carpenter. Uh, the guy who made the Thing movies in the 80s and 90s, the big horror director. Uh, his, his game that he's written is called Toxic Commando. This looks cool. It's a zombie FPS. We have got an article on it on the website. We did a, do a bit of coverage on that. If you're interested, then go and check it out. Um, but I don't know what your thoughts is. I mean, John Carpenter, for me, is an absolute legend in horror. You know, I, I don't know whether this game will sell well, whether that will translate to a video game, but I'm hoping so because it looks fantastic. Um, Bandai Sandland, uh, that was finally announced. That came from Akira. That's Akira Toriyama. That's the one. Thank you very much. Um, that's uh, from the manga. I've been making a game out of that. Baldur's Gate 3, we've got more news on that. Uh, that's old hash. We've seen a lot of that already. Uh, Throne and Liberty, I haven't heard of that. Faith Farm, there was a lot of indie titles announced during it. Uh, Liza P, the demo is out this week. Uh, I've been playing that at the moment. That's <coughs> one of the games I have been playing. Bam, we usually do. How are you liking that? Week. I love Liza P. I like the demo. The demo is great. I'm, I'm not. I'm going to hold out judgment until the full game releases because they're obviously they're picking okay. the best pits for the demo to get people excited. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that they do uh, they, the, the full game releases. I don't know. Have you played the demo yet? What was your thoughts? I have not. I, I have not played it yet. I've been meaning to get around to it, but I've been trying to allocate all my time to Zelda this weekend so I can be done with that. But um, still doing that. I haven't now. played it. Oh yeah, man, it's it's crazy. But um, I, I don't know, man. Like I want to play the game, but it's like every time I look at it, like it just gives me Bloodborne vibes, and yes. I just want another Bloodborne. I don't. I don't. It's very much uh, Bloodborne. It's very much Bloodborne. It's yeah. very much Bloodborne. It's it's a lot like. Uh, a victor. It's it's a change of basically setting, um, with a character you can actually see his face because obviously he's in Tudor dress, Victorian dress. It's not the same Bloodborne, uh, Dead Souls, but it is very very similar. It's more of a Souls like than Bloodborne was. Yeah. You play with Pinocchio, don't you? Yeah, it's kind of like Pinocchio. Yeah, not quite Pinocchio because that would be license rip off. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what have you been playing this week, Paul? Oh, um, I play an awful lot of chess. The um, Windows 7 Chess Masters version of chess. Um, I restarted playing uh, Mother 3 because I've actually never completed it myself, which I'm incredibly ashamed of. Um, <laughs> You're more of a retro gamer then, I'll take it. Uh, yes, um, yeah, I don't, I, I, the, the newest console I have is a PS3, I'm ashamed to say. Um, oh, dear Lord, how did you make And you think for... I'm mad? <laughs> Chloe, <laughs> Chloe, you are definitely worse, worse, worse than Paul, man, like, for real. <laughs> hey, at least oh. I have a PC that can kind of play games now. That, that is a question oh, yeah. for you, Paul. How did you make your game without being able to test it on new, newer-gen consoles? Well, that's what I was going to say. I rely on publishers to send me hardware, so I, I just borrow 
stuff. <laughs> when, when I say the newest thing I have is a PS3, I did have a PS5 dev kit and an Xbox One when we were porting Horace. So, okay. yeah, that's what I don't leave that it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, hey, doing it on a PS3. That would have been actually cool because I know there's a lot of retro games that release games on old, like, Game Boys and stuff. Yes. If you released that on the PS3, that would have been insane. <laughs> um, I, I, I do have a PS1 dev kit, um, and Sean, um, my coder, he has a PS2 dev kit, so we were considering trying to do something incredibly old. Um, I mean, we're both from, like I say, the early 90s, so um, we really wanted to do an Amiga version. <laughs> but Yeah, that was my first console was an Amiga. Nice, yeah. yeah. Uh, Amiga 2600, and then I had a Sega Master System. Nice. Uh, and a SNES. And then we also nice. moved on to the Mega Drive and then the uh, N64 days. And then it was on to PS1, 2, 3, Xbox One, the original. Yep. Yeah, my, nice. my, uh, my game, I think we're about the same age, Paul, by the sounds of it. I I'm believe. Uh, so, by the sounds of it. Really, I'm, the same age. User. I'm the other side of 40. <laughs> okay. Well, we're not too far away. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, but thank you, Chloe, for joining us. How are you doing? I'm good. Just yeah, <laughs> didn't hear back from Callum, by the way, in case you're wondering. Uh, uh, so I will right. need one of you two to do the uh, as master of ceremonies for Pitch Wars. I don't know whether you guys remember Pitch Wars. Not really. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, we'll run through it when we get to the We'll break. figure, anyway. yeah, I'll figure that out. Yes, um, there's also a lot of games for Under the Waves, Quantum Dream, they announced a new publishing label. They've announced two games coming to that. Uh, there's obviously Dead by Daylight with Nicolas Cage. That blew my mind. Team Nicolas Cage on a Summer Games Fest stage. What? Yeah, Nicolas Cage. He came. He's in Dead by Daylight. He's going to be actually playing himself in Dead by Daylight. I don't know why, because I haven't seen him. I can't remember the last time he was in a horror film. I mean, you could say, yeah, the last vampire movie he did, but he's more comedy. He's been more comedy in action, but Nicolas Cage in Dead by Daylight just absolutely blew my mind. Did you, what was your thoughts on that, Ben? I didn't. I, I don't want to really care to see it, bro. To be honest, <laughs> I can't remember. I think. I think the last Nicolas Cage movie I even cared for was like, uh, like Ghost Rider back in like the early two thousands. I'm like, bro, like just just seeing him on stage. That that was almost as bad as seeing a Gran Turismo movie trailer at a Sony showcase. It's supposed to be about games. I don't. I don't really care Friendship? to see Nicolas. Nah, I have not seen a Nicolas Cage movie since Ghost Rider, man. I'm not really a big Nicolas Cage guy because just seeing him act out himself in movies that's i mean it may have been funny like one time but you know i don't know man yeah i did like him in redfield plus plus plus, man i don't even play dead by daylight i'm over friday the 13th guy so i mean yeah i I, i've never played dead by daylight but to see nicholas cage making a jump into gaming is just it's not something i'd ever thought that would ever happen to be honest seeing that well he's not really an a-lister anymore but he's a well-known name uh, did you watch Summer Games? Yeah. Who was that question named up? Well, I, I think say, that was to you, Chloe. <laughs> it could have been to... <laughs> I said Chloe. Well, I didn't, I I'm, didn't sorry, I'm sorry, I was referring to Bam, you know, who is Paul over I didn't hear you say my name, actually, and no, I uh, did not. Okay. I just heard oh, you say, did you watch Summer Games first? So I was like, you could have been directing that at Paul, but I don't know. Anyway. No, I've already talked to him about that. But anyway, um, 
obviously this weekend is going to be the big Microsoft Bethesda showcase uh, before the end of the... But we'll be going on to the 15th anyway, but this week we'll, Summer Games Fest is being highlighted by the big Xbox showcase. Uh, I don't know what you're hoping to see. Um, obviously, we know for a fact there's Forza Motorsport will be announced, a new one. Uh, and by the sounds of it, Persona 3 uh, and Persona 5 remakes will also be confirmed. Uh, because these that's, will that's, be that's not Persona 5 remake. That's that's Persona 5 tactics. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but the Persona 3 remake and the Persona 5 they are both Xbox exclusives. Uh, uh, no, are. no, major, no, no. They're not gonna yes. be exclusive. They're gonna go to game. No, they're gonna go to Game Pass exclusively. But they, but but Persona 3 remake and Persona 5 tactics are going elsewhere. They're not just gonna be on Xbox. Not from what I've seen. Hold on, because I'll the leak came out because because the leak came out right, but then I also saw a, another article. I'll send it to you if I can find it. But yeah. it also came out that it was reported that it's gonna go everywhere and not just on Xbox. Because even if you look at it, like the conversation that like me and you, me, you and Callum had, right? JRPGs mm. do, do not tend to sell well only on Xbox. So Atlas Games doing that, it doesn't even make sense if you think about it. Well, I mean, they don't sell well. PlayStation and Final Fantasy games don't usually sell well. Like with the Final Fantasy 16, Square is very worried about the state of pre-order. Square Enix has been worried. Yeah, but yeah, but Square Enix has been worried about the sales of their games, anyways. But Square Enix titles sell more on PlayStation than what they do on Xbox. And 16 mm. is going to sell millions. You know what I'm saying? Like we can make a bet on that. Like I don't pre-order games, but I'm buying FF16 day one. Like. Pre-order yeah. sales don't really dictate if a game is going to sell well because most people, especially with the day and age of digital games, they're not going to go out and pre-order something. People people used to pre-order games a lot a lot of the times, especially physical, because they were afraid of the game being sold out. Yeah, I mean, they, they, there is no mention on the trailers. So where, where, you have to send me that link so I can double-check it. Yeah, I got you. You know, I saw it on the, TV. The only thing I've seen is that Warriors. Yeah, I caught, I caught the leak, the accidental post. Mm-hmm, um, yep. It looks like those will be part of the Xbox showcase as well. They've just mm-hmm. posted a few days early by mistake. There was uh, another post- leak that came out too. I forget what game they, that they that they said it was, but somebody, I have to send send this stuff to you. Oh, you well, know, all those console warriors Fable. on there, they've been finding all this stuff, man. Yeah, Fable, Fable's the other one. The other one that's uh, look, it's not one hundred percent confirmed on that, but uh, there has been a lot of teases from Xbox staff. Uh, that have been dropping Fable hints all week, uh, which is look because that will be an Xbox exclusive, um, and that will oh, come yeah. on Game Pass as well. So there have been teases for that. Uh, so that's three, four games that we know of will be shown during that Xbox showcase. As far as anything else, I don't know. Uh, Elder Scrolls Six though is uh, is five years in development, so that could be a trailer also showing this Sunday. Which that though Fable, uh, Forza Motorsport, and Elder Scrolls Six. On the Xbox showcase, if that is 100% and they do show all three of those, I guarantee you that blows PlayStation out of the water. They win this weekend. Oh, yeah. That's not going to be hard to do, though, man, because like as, like, like as me and you spoke about it, like Sony really came out there, bro, and they set the bar so low because everybody always expects Sony showcases. If they say Sony showcase, we're expecting, you know, an 8 out of 10 show. But they came out and just dropped doo doo like it was, it was three out of ten, man. It was it was major, major. Major, that show. Twenty five style of really forcing one out. I'm <laughs> so, telling that's you, that's all. See you later. Yeah, 
And it's like, I don't know what's up with this new regime at, at Sony, but it's like Sean Layden used to come out there, man, and just put on a show. I don't I don't know what Jim and what um, Herman Holtz has been doing over there. Like, yeah, like they've been giving PlayStation gamers games and stuff like that. But as far as showcases go, because this was the first showcase that they had in like almost, what, a year and a half, two years? So it's like yeah. we was waiting on a showcase of all showcases. So Xbox coming out, man, all they got to do is make the layup. They, they, there's nothing stopping them from having the best showcase of E3 season at all. Uh, PlayStation Showcase didn't even have a host either. It's all yeah. graphics. But I'm gonna send you, I, I'm gonna send you this report that I found. It's coming from Hunter. Uh, he got 86,000.8k followers on Twitter. He's 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 a very reliable news source. Um, okay. and this this is coming from ExtraLife.com. This saying Persona 3 Reload, the Persona 3 remake is coming to PS5, PS4, and Nintendo Switch, according to retailer Extra Life. So I'm okay. gonna send this to you. Okay, I'll have a look at that. Um. Yeah, the the one thing that is is uh, putting a bit of a dampener on Starfield this weekend because that's obviously the big showcase reveal. That is personally my game, but I want more than anything else that's shown this weekend. Uh, the prices, just for the standard alone, are disgusting. <laughs> uh, I mean, seventy dollars, eighty dollars for the Xbox version on console. Of what? Of, of what? Starfield, eighty dollars, eighty pounds. That was, that was in Euros, wasn't it? Yeah, but that's £10 higher that's than every Euro. other game. Yeah. The premium edition yeah. is like 100 or 115 on consoles for the premium. 300 for the collector's edition. Why do you say 300 like that? That's... Why you say three hundred like that? That's for the. That's a lot of money for, for a collector's edition. You know, you know that collector's editions lately have been sky high. Even if Mate, you look at that the most I've ever paid that or... they that they just. I mean, yeah, but like that's that's the most you ever paid for. But I'm saying collector's editions lately have been through like they've been sky high. Even if you look at that Spider Man collection that that was just announced at uh Summer Games Fest, that thing is two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, I mean three hundred though. We, this is a brand new IP. I mean, I'd understand 250 for a Spider-Man game. That's a massive IP. This is a brand new game. We don't know anything about it. It's Skyrim in space. But we don't know anything about it. We don't know any of the characters. They're not iconic. What exactly are you putting in this Constellation pack edition for 300 quid? Probably going to give you a spaceship, man. It's going to be a little spaceship. But you got to remember, people people are going to go out and buy this in, in droves just because Bethesda's behind it. Like, people, you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, what you said. This I'll, is going to be well. Quid. Not chance. I don't know why oh, yeah. you... I'm not you buying it. Spend... No, I'm not. Definitely. What about you? Would you spend £300 on the collector's edition? You talking to me or you talking to Chloe and Paul? Oh. Is, because, because ain't no way you ask me because you know I'm not buying it. No, no. way. <laughs> I'm I'm terrible with games. I just buy physical copies on eBay these days. So there's no way I'd spend three hundred quid. No, that's it. It's a bit expensive. <laughs> I mean, this I know this is going to be their biggest game, but three hundred. <laughs> it's just it's the too much is, money. There are, there are some people who are that stupid. Yeah, there's why I don't that, think it's I, think I don't I don't think it's. I don't think it's them being stupid. I just think it's people just loving what they love. Because I'm telling you right now, if, if Xbox came out with a Gears of War 6 Collector's Edition and that thing came with a Lancer for $300, I'm buying that. Because I yeah, love I, Gears of War. I think it's just people, just like when just like when GTA 5 came out, I think that Collector's Edition was like $150 back in, two, in like 2013. And it came with like a, a limited snapback. 
I bought that because I used to collect hats. And that's something, you know, like that's something physical. And like I said, I, I do love the franchise. I, so I, I wouldn't call people stupid for doing that. I mean, everybody has something that they're going to go out and waste money on, whether if it's, if it's video games, if it's clothes, if it's shoes, if it's purses, if it's, if, if it's, everybody is buying something. You, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I really right. wouldn't say that. I, I'm, I'm definitely about the and the shoes, personally. <laughs> <laughs> I would still say there's a difference between buying something and spending that much money on it, especially given current climate things. That's where I'm like, I mean, maybe that's a bit dumb. If you got the money for it, man, I mean, hey, go ahead, do you. But I, I do understand what you're saying. Like, if if you out here struggling and, and you can't pay your light bill, but but yet you can buy Starfield for three hundred dollars, hey, man, you, your priorities might <laughs> exactly. not be in the right place. Exactly. You, know, you can't pay the electric bill, but you can play the game. Yeah. Can't even play the game because the electricity is turned off. Hey, I got this. I got this Starship Collector's Edition. Let me hop on the back end. You know, beam me up, Scotty. You know, you know, you know. You know. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. You can't you can't feed yourself, but at least I got this. <laughs> like no food for the month. <laughs> <laughs> plastic, though. Oh dear god. Yeah. Uh anyway, it's time for deals of the week. Roll the thing. It deals of the week. If you don't find what you want, then sorry, I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> Yeah, so we can't help you. Uh... <laughs> Kick us off this week, Dragon's Dogma Dark Horizon on Xbox right now on the Xbox Store is just two ninety nine. That deal is expiring on the 20th of this month, so you have a little bit of time left. Uh, you can find an Intel 1240F RTX 4060 Ti uh, with a B760 motherboard uh, right now with free shipping for £829.99 at Steamforce Gaming. Uh, Dark Souls Trilogy on PS4 right now in the game collection is £27.95. That includes free shipping. That is the physical version. Tactics Ogre Reborn right now at Amazon is £20.95 with free shipping. That's on PS5. Aliens Dark Descent right now across all consoles is £28.69. Use the code on eBay with the game collection SUNNY15. Uh, SUNNY15 all in capitals right now on eBay for £28.69 for Aliens Dark Descent. Day Dash, Day Dash 2, Day Dash 3, and the Daily Day Dash on Switch right now is £1.61 each on Nintendo eShop. That deal is expiring tomorrow, so grab that quickly while you can. Monster Train First Class right now on Nintendo Switch on Nintendo eShop is £10.79. That is 60% off. You can get that until the 25th of this month, so you have about two weeks left on that. Planescape Torment Enhanced Edition right now is the free game with Amazon Prime Gaming. Uh, you can also find uh, The Evil Within right now at CD Keys. It's Evil Within 2. It's right now on Steam. It's just £3.99. Everybody want to switch. Uh, the pre-order is available until tomorrow uh, with a significant discount. It's £21.21p with free shipping. Use the code SUNNY15. That is SUNNY15. Uh, that deal is expiring tomorrow. You can get that at the Game Collection Outlet on eBay. That is just for £21. That is the brand new game coming out. We do have an article on the website if you'd like to know more about it. Uh, you can find a refurbished PlayStation 5 disc console right now for £390.99p at Music Magpie on eBay. Use the code again, SUNNY15. That deal is expiring tomorrow, but you can get a brilliantly refurbished PlayStation 5 disc console 
for three hundred and ninety pounds ninety nine p. They usually retail for about four forty four fifty. You're saving yourself quite a decent discount, and that includes free shipping. You can also find a Sony DualShock wireless controller for PS4 right now at Tesco in Portsmouth uh, for 50% off. Uh, that deal is only £25 right now on Tesco Superstore in Portsmouth. Uh, double check your local Tesco to see if you can find a similar deal. Assassin's Creed Valhalla on Steam right now is just £12.49. That is with Steam deals. And last up, Star Wars Jedi Survivor for PC right now on CD Keys is just £32.99. For all of these deals, you will need a VPN, but keep it to Games Inquirer for further deals. And that is all for your deals of the week. Welcome back. Uh, Prince of Persia, the big uh, reveal, the 2D uh, side-scrolling platformer. Obviously, Paul, you are a platforming guy. I am indeed. What was your thoughts? Uh, I don't know whether you've seen it. I will show you the, uh, the trailer, actually. I was going to say, I've seen some shots. I, I will show you the uh, the reveal gameplay. Uh, this got do. absolutely downvoted on YouTube, though. I don't oh, Our kingdom is Imagine cursed. this video is running two frames per second, the my prince brother. has been kidnapped. This is, this is taken video. Taken to forbidden <laughs> land. <laughs> They weren't prepared for me. I, I on the link. I'm really trying to That's because you screen shared it, but as you screen shared in here, it's like, I don't know. You see it inside the video recording whenever you upload it. These times of darkness, hope is the only thing that keeps us fighting. I will fulfill my destiny and save the kingdom. Some reason he's just got a completely different haircut. But what is your thoughts on that trailer? Hmm. You, you talking about Paul? Yeah. I must admit, I am uh, torn somewhat. I I was a big fan of the very early Prince of Persia games, the Rotoscope stuff, um, and I liked uh, Sands of Time, the PS2. Version. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's um, the last one I played. Yeah, that was that's twenty years ago yeah. now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that game was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember really enjoying that. Um, but this looks, um, I. I dare say cheap and a bit generic um, yeah it doesn't have much to it it just looks like a side-scrolling platform game with a a very pulled out camera which makes it again look very cheap um it could do a bit more dynamism to the the look of it and stuff yeah i'm not not really sure i mean it's made by ubisoft montpellier uh, similar, I can't remember the other games they've made. I know they've made a lot of other platformers and stuff in the past for Ubisoft. 
Um, but it's a 2.5D, so it's not exactly... It, it gives a similar look to the original game, but it's... Yeah, I don't it's, know. I mean, there's a lot of people saying they want it in third-person 3D. It's a big criticism. Right. I think that's why people are so mad. I think that's why people are so mad, right? Because I don't know if you remember, Major, but Ubisoft came out years ago, and they announced the Prince of Persia remake or, like, a reboot, and it was supposed to be third-person, you know, mm-hmm. more, like, cinematic and, and, like, more more akin to what we played back in the day. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is... This doesn't look like they, they went the reboot route or, like, the remake route. It looks like it's just, like, another game within that franchise. Like, it looks like a different type of game. And um, I think most people downvoted that game. I don't know if, if you've seen this on Twitter. But John Lenneman from Digital Foundry was, 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 was under fire all week because after the trailer came out, he, he went online on uh, Twitter and he was like, I don't really like the trailer because of the musical sound, uh, like the musical soundtrack. And he said that it was inappropriate. But if he would have did his research, he would have seen that the person who made that soundtrack for that game, they made it specifically for that game. So that so that soundtrack is 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 like the person that made that, you know, the song that was playing right there, that was made specifically for that. I was going to say, if anything, that was the one interesting thing about the soundtrack. I was going to say, the, sound, the soundtrack I didn't have an issue with. I I just watched that and I thought, well, this just looks like every other yeah. game of its genre ever. Yes. Like, there's, right. nothing, there's nothing that makes me specifically want to go for that game. Right. No. I mean, I, I do like the fact that they are returning more to the core, and I do think Ubisoft Montpellier is probably very happy that they're actually getting to make this because they've been stuck for the last six years making Beyond Good and Evil 2. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a nice change of pace. <laughs> they're not playing the same, not making the same game they've been making repeatedly over and over again for the last six years and getting told, no, do it again. <laughs> and this game is else. actually going to be, and this game is actually going to be releasing at some point. So, you know, hey, yeah. there's that. Yeah. It's, it's a big relief they're actually getting to take a break. But, uh, I do get some people's criticism. I don't understand what that guy was talking about. It's inappropriate, right? I, I don't, I don't see that at all. Um, I don't know why it's had such a strong negative reaction because obviously it does look rather cheap. Mm. But it's they're trying to. I think they're trying to lower the quality a little bit to make it look like the original PS1, PS2 games. Yeah, as sort of a as a restart the franchise rather than going 3d open world because we know what ubisoft are like and this is their biggest criticism they get they make too many open world games there's right. too many of the same mechanics too many of the same features mm-hmm. the art styles are always exactly the same and i think that's why they've shifted back to more towards side scrolling platformer so they it they, the criticisms aren't there this time they can't say it's a ubisoft game because it's nothing yeah. like they've done over the last 20 years. I think that's why there's, there's some backlash, because there's going to be a lot of Ubisoft fans the same why a minute, why isn't this like last games, or we want 3D open worlds, because that's what their fans are used to. Mm-hmm. It does look like Ubisoft's... Uh, it does look like Ubisoft's Phoenix Immortal Rising. Like, I really mm. do like... I do like the uh, like the artistic change. Um, I, I I wish more developers would go for like a more. I don't want to say cartoony, but like I wish more developers would go for this art style because I feel like this art style will stand the test of time. You know, versus something that's going photorealistic because at some point graphics are gonna just keep evolving, evolving at some point. And so stuff so stuff may not hold up as well. But I'm really surprised that like none of you guys are really uh, y'all not interested in this game at all. 
I am. I am. I guarantee you will be reviewing it. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm down for like a monkey little, you know, like you know, like a 2D little little like hack and slash. Because just like you said, man, like like the open world uh, genre of games is just oversaturated, man. At this day and age, where every developer is trying to make an open world game. I do like the change of pace, and I do like the breath of fresh air of just being able to sit down and enjoy a little six to eight hour little game. You know what I mean? But then again, I am a very, very adamant uh, about my love for indie games and indie titles. Mm. Yeah, well, we are big indie guys, I think, more so than AAA. Yeah. Uh, even though the, the really the lines have been a bit blurred over the last few years, they're not really. Oh, there isn't true AAA or true indie game anymore. Um, right. Some of the comments on that video, though, and I've got a couple in front of me. One of them says, I can't wait for this to drop on the PS2. <laughs> Blindly stupid. That's the, that's just Blindly stupid, bro, because because we played PS2 games, and I've been playing the hell out of uh, yeah. like PS3 lately. Like I just went and got all three Resistance games you know, for, for under 70 bucks. For people saying stuff like that, man, I feel like they're looking at stuff with like, rose-tinted glasses. Like They don't really remember. They just let their mouth you know, just, just, just open up and just say crazy stuff. That yeah. game does not look like a PS2 title at all. Like, I wish PS2 games looked that good. Yeah, exactly. Go back and blocks into a character. And they had, like, like brick hands. No fingers exactly. in his brick hand. None at all. No fingers, bro. I know, I know you remember Grand Theft Auto. Like, just, just a straight solid hand. Just yeah. Out here killing it's people like, like, with no fingers. for him to bite his own fingers off at some point. <laughs> so that can't right. be his uh, another one we is now show us Prince of Persia. I mean, they'd, like they would be arguing against the rap music. One person referred to it as the Fresh Prince of Persia. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, nothing takes me out of the atmosphere more than using modern hip hop in a trailer. Okay. Yeah, you see, people, people, people have been upset, man. But 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 there's been plenty of game trailers with hip hop music, like even with like the last Mortal Kombat game. There was a Mate, go listen to Sony's PlayStation. Ninety-nine percent of that was rap music. Ninety-nine percent of it. It was all rap. Upset, man. Yeah. At least, very thankfully, we're not getting any more Imagine Dragons. I'm, f- <laughs> I'm so happy with- for that. Hey, what's wrong with them? Nine. They on every single game trailer last year. They wrote right. the song for every single trailer. And it's like, I want up, please. I can't stand their music anyway. I've heard it enough. But on every single trailer, it was Imagine Dragons. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, that would get a bit boring after a while. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of games coming out of Ubisoft. they got nine games in development out of the three studios. It's too many. Ubisoft, take a break. I'm begging you. One game, two games a year is enough. Nine is pushing it. Uh, we've also had uh, another lawsuit this week. Besides the fact that Donald Trump has been indicted, Boris Johnson has quit. Getting better in the world already. Uh, 2023 <laughs> is already looking up. I'm very happy. Uh, oh, we've got another lawsuit. OpenAI, who's owned by Elon Musk, predominantly, uh, is suing ChatGPT for fabricating legal accusations against a radio host. Uh, this came from IGN this week. Uh, apparently, Mark Walters has filed a lawsuit in Georgia. Uh, claiming the AI chatbot accused them of defrauding and embezzling in excess of $5 million uh, from a non-profit. That was, of course, false. Uh, Walter's legal complaint notes the information was generated in response to a request from a third party. There was also another case. I don't know whether you guys have seen this. There was a lawyer last week uh, who got done and fired and been uh, exposed by the bar for citing in cases. He went into a courtroom 
And part of his argument was using chat GPT, asking it for legal precedence. And it was just spitting out random garbage. And he got disbarred for it because he used that in the closing argument. Oh. Chat GPT is not something you should be relying on for facts. Put it that way. No. Uh, the journalist's name is Fred Real, uh, who asked Chat GPT to summarise a federal court case that has nothing to do with him. Uh, despite this, Chat GPT's response to the inquiry included some factually correct information that saved made several false allegations against Walter. Uh, the allegations were false and malicious, apparently expressed in print, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the second public mention of someone threatening pursuing legal action against OpenAI after its chatbot also generated false information about an individual. In April, an Australian major, a mayor uh, threatened to sue OpenAI after ChatGPT falsely claimed he was convicted of bribery. Uh, ChatGPT has also been criticised for generating false information in several cases than providing false information, including a Texas college professor accusing his class of using it, of threatening to fail them, after two examples includes two New York attorneys who are facing sanctions after citing fake legal cases. This is what I was referring to in a court filing. Uh, the attorneys received these fake legal cases from ChatGPT. Technology AI is, is getting scary, but it's not at the point when you can realistically use it as part of your day-to-day life because it does has no facts. Which, uh, yeah, that which automatically makes me think a certain presentation I sat through at work was completely pointless. Yeah, they've used chat. You can tell they've used AI as well. Mm. <laughs> so the sentences don't end right. It's just, what are you talking about? Uh, moving on, moving news, though, because we are going to be going into an interview with Paul in just a few minutes. Uh, I know you're a big fan of this show, Yo, Young Rock, uh, which was uh, written, I think, by Dwayne Johnson. Uh, has been canned after three seasons. Uh, the network has, from NBC has decided to pull the show, uh, has put in a series order for St. Dennis Michael, a uh, medical and mockumentary. I don't know what that's about. Anyway, uh, Young Rock stars Dwayne Johnson, obviously focused on multiple eras of his life, from his childhood all the way up until he ends in the business, because in the show he's running for president. Uh, the show was sent around his presidential campaign in 2032, which is apparently something he is considering. I don't know whether that will play out. Oh dear. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would love that because it reminds me of the Arnold Schwarzenegger from the uh, the early, late nineties, early two thousands when he was California governor. Yes. When he, he was using these old catchphrases. I'll be back. Um, <laughs> Jesse, Jesse Ventura as well. He was governor of yes. Minnesota, wasn't he? Yes, he was. I mean, it isn't that uh, it's normal for wrestlers to try and run for. I mean, yeah. Glenn Jacobs. He's uh, he's he was mayor of Nash, um, Was it Knox County? Yes, yeah. he was governor there. Yeah, but can I just point out, the last time we had somebody who had no interest in politics, or no background in politics, rather, was yes, the president. We had Donald Trump. Yes, but so Donald Trump is an idiot anyway. Dwayne, Dwayne would be running for Democrat, so he'd be running on a Democrat ticket. Um, he's also got a degree, unlike Donald Trump. We never went to him, even though he claimed he did. Uh, two separate, different people. And personally, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was a pretty good governor. He got stuck right in the middle of the uh, of the financial crash mm. and the uh, Walsh and the t- come down of uh, the Titan Towers, 2001. And they had a big financial crash, and then he got massive Californian fires. He dealt with a lot, and he did pretty well. Mm. I thought he was actually a pretty decent politician in the end. 
of course he messed up and he got to let his personal life get in the middle of it having an affair with a housemaid and a number of other things but I thought he was a pretty good politician he was obviously big in wrestling as well at one point he was a big WWE fan he appeared mm. on TV with him a couple of times um, but there's multiple areas obviously in Dwayne's life they showed the childhood in Hawaii uh, high school when he went to Pennsylvania his football career in Miami uh, this season obviously ends with him his Hollywood career kicking off the end of season three, uh, but the uh, 2021, it only ran for 37 episodes across three seasons. The biggest criticism I have of this show, Paul, and I know you're not going to like this, is the casting. Because, my oh, yeah, God, this casting was fucking awful. The Undertaker <laughs> was a seven-foot-tall Mexican with a stick-on beard. Stone Cold what? was about four-foot-two. I mean, yep. who cast these people? <laughs> But the poster was um, the man, um, Haku, who, he had the outro and everything, he kind of looked facially like him, but he, he was like five foot six and looked like he went back to He was a monster of a man, well, I'm sure he still is a monster of a man. <laughs> yeah, six foot four, Haku in real life, Meng, but, if you don't know if he was more of a WCW guy, mm. but he was absolutely, like, there were stories of him beating up people, like three or four people at once. With yes. ease in airports, yes. just slapping people about. <laughs> he was absolutely massive, and his hands were like tree trunks. People used to say that he was the scariest guy they've ever... Like, you didn't want to wind him up. You didn't want to piss him off, because mm. he would literally just slap you across the room, and there's nothing you could do about it. He felt no pain. Absolute monster. But the casting in this was... Even Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, when they showed his character, he was angry as hell. And they showed what he looked like. Because, yeah, facially, he looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin. But mm. Steve Austin is he six foot like one. As well. What was that? He, he sounded like him as well. Like, he did a he decent sounded, impression. Yeah, but he was... Austin's six foot one. This guy was easily about five foot. Yeah. That's just <laughs> insulting. So, uh, the casting was off. Seriously, it was off. I was going to say, their, their Andre was pretty good out of context. Because the guy that yeah. played him was six eight, six nine. But yeah. as soon as I put him next to, like, the guy that played the older rock, um, I can't remember the name of the actor, yeah. um, but yeah. obviously he's actually, like, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, like, the, the height of Dwayne Johnson. Um, yeah. And obviously it just falls apart because Andre should be, like, a foot taller than him, well, in kayfabe at least. Um, but he would be, you know, two or three inches taller than him. It just, yeah. I yeah, and, and that also didn't make any sense because Andre never met rock as an adult. <laughs> No, no, of course, all the photos. Yeah, yeah, all the photos you see of him, uh, him holding him as a six-year-old or whatever. Yeah, with because he Andre died. I think it was around nineteen ninety-four. Yeah, January ninety-three. There you go. Eighty-three. Flipping hell. Ninety-three. Ninety-three. Okay, I wasn't too far off then. No, 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 no. But yeah, he would rock would have been what about twelve. 15 years old when he died yeah. but he certainly yeah, wasn't he... a grown man no 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 <laughs> like the, the timeline did not make any sense whatsoever and then you had well, to look back after the, place, the show it? was great if they kept to actual realism and what actually oh, yeah. did, you ever, did you ever catch any of um, Jim Cornette's thoughts about it no I didn't unsurprisingly it was driving him insane <laughs> That bloke wasn't there. This bloke was there. That didn't happen to this bloke. That happened to this bloke. Like, like he does. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think Dwayne Johnson had any uh, input with like the script as it went on. I think they put it down, and it was just him trying to remember things. Yeah, that, nobody did any due diligence to actually check what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> if anything they were saying was remotely accurate. This is supposed to be a representation of his life, and it was just the most ridiculous. It was like you were not kid to thirty when Andre the Giant was alive. All right, <laughs> <laughs> how old do you think we? How stupid do you think we are? The whole show was just ridiculous. Absolutely stupid. It I started. I think this is why they cancelled it. I was just. I just said that. I just said exactly the same thing. Maybe that's why they got rid of it. Yeah. That's probably the reason why, because it just you know, I, stopped making sense. I, I presume they were sort of running out of stories. Because um, mm. I, I did, like you say, that the first series felt more grounded in The Rock, sort of saying, oh, and then this happened, my dad did this, my mum did this, you know. By the third series, he was hanging out with Cindy Lauper and Hulk Hogan and stuff, which he may well have done, I don't really know, but it just felt a bit convenient let's get well, all the famous Cin- people together i mean that that would have made any sense either because cindy Lauper was at wrestlemania one yes so rock would have been about what five six years old something like that something about that of- time so why would he have been hanging around as an adult with cindy Lauper, who didn't who wasn't i think died in like the mid 90s as well uh, cindy Lauper's still with us is she yeah, yeah. she's gone no, no, she's, uh, she's about 70 now, I believe. I, oh, I quite think as well. I, th- I thought she died of drug overdoses and stuff, because there were stories around the time when the Goonies movie came out that she died. That um, might have been a hoax, though. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> yeah. Um, quick bit of news, though, before we uh, jump into music breaks. Uh, Netflix has seen a spike in sign-ups. They have now stopped password sharing. Uh, unfortunately, they're not able to stop password sharing when it comes to VPNs. So if you want a VPN, go sign up for one. McAfee is good. I, I, I'm i still waiting for you, Surfshark, to answer my email. Sponsor this podcast. <laughs> I've, I've emailed them about 20 times, Chloe. Sponsor this podcast. Uh, maybe, move and, to another, maybe move to another one, then, if they're not getting back to you. I'll, I'll keep on. I want Surfshark to sponsor this podcast. Why specifically Surfshark? Because I love Surfshark. I've yeah, used them before. Enough. They're brilliant. I mean, I can't tell people to go sign up for McAfee. But Why? there you go. Because McAfee's a bit dodgy. It, it slows, yeah, it slows my computer down quite a bit. So I wouldn't tell uh, people. To yeah, fair enough. Anyway, uh, Netflix has seen a spike in signups. They have now cracked down on password sharing. Uh, the uh, May 23rd uh, password sharing crackdown uh, saw a streamer experience four of the largest days of streamer growth in the last four and a half years. Uh, so maybe they were right in any way. Uh, then 100, nearly 100,000 daily signups. Between May 26th and 27th, uh, Netflix reported back in February it was planning a broad rollout of a new policy. Uh, in On the 23rd, they began uh, that policy change. I won't speak about Twitch this I'm week. Still, I'm still waiting to see, before we move on to the next thing, I'm still waiting to see whether that eventually dips. Because is that would that not just be everybody panic signing? Probably. And then fast forward a few months, we'll get to the point where there's nothing really to watch on Netflix right now anyway. But I'm thinking we'll get to the point where these people who've just signed up can't afford to, and then they've got to go off anyway, which then completely messes up Netflix's figures. Yeah, 
I, I also think there's a lot of people signing up for multiple accounts, so they if they lose one, they won't be able to keep it. I mean, I don't. I have two accounts. I only ever use one of them. I've got one that comes through my Sky, and we pay for a separate one because it's cheaper, it works out cheaper, and rather than having to pay for three screens, have two separate accounts. So if I'm uh, on the move, I haven't got to worry about it. Uh, um, I was just about to say, why have you got two? Because but... I get one through Sky as well. They give me one through. Oh, oh yeah, one of you package deal things with. Yeah. And then I've got one separate one on my phone. I think there'll be a few people that have that similar setup. But why would uh, you need a separate account on your phone? That's what I don't Because the, the, the Sky one is basically tied to my address. So if I leave my address and try to watch it, they start a countdown of seven days. That oh. I have to go back home to watch Netflix. I can't watch it on the phone. You can't do this anymore. You can't like go to and I go on holiday and have Netflix in it while you're there well, because they just... give you a seven day countdown and then they close your account down. Well, that's just dumb. Yeah, but I've got a separate one that I have on my phone and I've had for ages. I haven't oh. used it in a while, but the account's still there. Oh, fair. I think there's going to be a few people like that, but like my VPN is set to the US. So I can watch US Netflix indoors, but when I'm out, I can watch a UK version when I'm out and download okay. stuff on my phone. And it just makes more it makes it easier that way. Plus, if I have a multi-room, it's more expensive. Oh, so I can't have more than two accounts on one. Otherwise, the price jumps up and you have three. It's ridiculously overpriced. Uh, speaking of overpriced, though, Apple's new VR headset. Uh, we have got an article on this on the website. If you'd like to go check it out. But they did reveal their new Vision Pro uh, the Apple fanboys stands are out in force, <laughs> arguing that $3,500 for a VR headset is cheap. No, it's not. What the fuck? <laughs> Feel free it's to about the amount that, of the new car. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I could my put a deposit down in a flat for $3,500. I know. Yeah. I was going to say, my sister will probably be spending that much on a new car soon when she finally realises she has to resize. <laughs> You could rent a like a bedsit or a small room in a shared house for a year for three and a half grand. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. Well, yeah, yeah you could leave. Yeah, the the pricing on it is just ridiculous, and it doesn't even have any games. <laughs> it has literally no games on it. It's it's the VR experience. They obviously announced they're doing the uh, Hideo Kojima games are going to be coming to Apple platforms. They did not announce it becoming to the VR, but they have obviously announced Mac, um, iPhone, iPad. Those be, I'm, I'm pretty sure they will announce the Vision Pro when it launches early next year. Uh, but they've called it the first spatial computer. I don't know what that means uh, at all. Uh, it will also <laughs> launch in more countries. So it will only be coming to the US initially. We have to wait till mid-2024 if you're outside of the US to actually use it or buy it. Uh, but it includes 23 million pixels across two displays. I mean, this picture that they released basically looks like a set of swimming goggles. <laughs> <laughs> this is no, what you see. Right. <laughs> uh, the only thing you... I would say is the pricing does, it doesn't make sense, but it does by Apple standards. Do you know what this reminds me of? Go on. The Apple eyeglass. Oh, Do you remember those sunglasses? Yeah. Yeah, they look stupid as hell and they cost a fortune and then it eventually just went nowhere. Sounds about The whole thing collapsed. Because people thought that you look you look dumb and they were really heavy and like you sit there talking to yourself. Yeah. Sunglasses. Just they look ridiculous. That 
Looks like somebody put a flipping pair of goggles on your face. Yeah, that that does make me think diving goggles. Yeah. I was wearing a little snorkel. That, that's good. <laughs> There'd be another attachment. Here's a microphone. It's a snorkel that attaches you. Yeah. Um, uh, apparently, they also haven't announced how heavy the thing is going to be because apparently it's really quite heavy for the people who have yeah. tried it already. They've said it weighs an absolute ton. So I'm probably not going to be getting there, to be honest. <laughs> I don't think anyone will be. Um, yeah. I don't think this will sell very well. I think Apple's going to backtrack eventually as well. Uh, I think it will come to the point where they're going to be like, okay, we may have to lower the price. I know there's some people saying that it's, it, 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 it's fine. It's going to beat the, the MetaQuest 3. I sincerely doubt that. Because no. the, the MetaQuest 3 is going to be 300. Uh, it's the most, the Quest headsets are the most affordable headsets out of any VR uh, that actually play quality games. You can play quite a lot of them. I will be upgrading from a Quest 2 to a Quest 3 when I have the option to. Uh, when that does come out, but yeah, thirty five hundred for a mixed reality. That's I don't a bit think, uh, no. no I, th- I think I'll skip. Anyway, it's time for a break. When we come back, we are going to be interviewing Paul and playing a game of Pitch Wars. We haven't done this in a while. Uh, and a uh, quick chat on uh, Witcher three, Witcher season three on Netflix. Uh, when we come back, don't go anywhere. Comet is that girl, like. You're talking shit for the hell of it Addicted to betrayal but you're relevant You're terrified to look down Cause if you dare to see the glare Of everyone you burn just to get there It's coming back around And I keep my side of the street clean You About a bounce. Karma is a fire in your house. And she bout to pop up unannounced. And she never leaving you alone. Watch her put your ops on a throne. Got you waving pretty white flags. Cleaning for that cash. Thinking it'll save ya. Now you switching up your behavior. It's okay, baby. You ain't gotta worry. Karma never gets lazy. So I keep my head up, my bread up. I won't let up. Promise that you'll never endeavor with none lesser. Ever, ever. I be dragging that wagon. Karma is a beauty. Winning that pageant. A bounty hunter and karma's gonna track you down step by step from town to town sweet like justice karma is a queen karma takes all my friends to the summit karma is the guy on the screen coming straight home to me karma is my boyfriend karma is my boyfriend 
Welcome back to the Talking Ghost Podcast, episode 108. Uh, we're here all together uh, with no, no Callum again. Uh, but anyway, uh, Netflix, during Summer Games Fest, announced season three of The Witcher. Uh, I am a little bit disappointed this will be Henry Cavill's last, uh, but the uh, show is debuting later this month. Uh, season three will be coming 29th uh, in two parts. Uh, the second half will be coming on the 27th of July. Uh, it's obviously had very positive reviews. Uh, season two was better than season one. There wasn't a lot of action in season one. It was more love interest um, and drama. But season two was a lot better. Season three is looking like the most blood-soaked season yet. I'm a little bit disappointed they're going to be replacing Henry Cavill with Liam Hensworth because I do not think that's good casting. Uh, but, yeah, the late Liam Hensworth is going to be taking over the role of The Witcher. I don't, I don't like that casting choice. I think that's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's going to be replaced by Liam Hensworth. Uh, is a four-part live-action prequel series. Uh, they are also releasing uh, with Michelle Yeoh. Uh, they did one at Christmas, I think, was the first bit. Uh, and they be, I don't know whether they're, they're continuing that pre-one or whatever it was, uh, if they're going to be doing that again. Uh, but we did get a season look. I will drop the trailer down below for you to check out in case you missed it. I thought it was actually a pretty decent-looking trailer, to be honest. Uh, I'm looking forward to season three. There isn't a lot on Netflix, to be honest. Uh, that I'm interested in right now. I'm waiting for them to to bring back some more series. Obviously, Stranger Things, the final season, is uh, is not going to be coming this year now because of the Bright Strike, uh, which is right. They, they're striking, but I'm a little bit disappointed. That it's affecting some of my favourite shows. Anyway, uh, it's time for an interview with Paul Hellman. Uh, we haven't done an interview in quite a while, <laughs> so you will have to skip the fact that I do not have the intro for this. But, uh, Paul, thank you very much for joining us. How are you doing? Oh, thanks for having me. Um, you've obviously you're the developer for Horace. Um, I don't know too much about your background as a game developer, uh, but what? How did you start in gaming? Um, I left school at sixteen. I went to art college very briefly and was kicked out because I I never went. Um, <laughs> continuing my stories of North Kent, um, I briefly went to college in Broadstairs meaning I had to go through Margate to get to college. And Margate in the early 90s was made of arcades. So I used to get off the train and spend my dinner money and any other money I had on um, early 90s arcades, such as Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and the like. Um, until, as I say, yes, I was, I was kicked out of art college. Um, my then tutor, lovely chap called Mike Trim, who used to make models for... Thunderbirds, amongst other things. I believe he won BAFTAs. Um, but he suggested, as at the time there was no college course or university where I could actually study video games or any development stuff, um, he suggested I just apply to as many companies as I could find. Um, Edge, the magazine, had recently launched. Um, and 
each issue had um, a large amount of like job adverts in the back. So I just wrote to everyone. Um, I was quite an accomplished artist. So luckily everyone took me quite seriously. My main problem was I was 16, so everyone didn't take me quite so seriously. Um, but eventually Probe Entertainment took me on, um, end of 1994. And I started working on Die Hard Trilogy, which was the first game I worked on. Oh, My... I love that game. Sorry? Sorry, I, I said I love that game, sorry. Excellent. Yeah. Sorry, fat boy. <laughs> I understand it was reasonably popular. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, I was going to say it was just quite ironic. Um, I turned 17, but my main job was to watch the films, grabbing images and taking textures to create for the background. Um, so I broke the law daily for however long, six months. Um, what did was all they, the films being made? <laughs> Sorry to jump in then, but did they know you were only 17 at that point? Yes, yes. Yeah, um, okay. It, it came as quite a surprise to our producer. Um, I can't remember exactly why, but I mentioned I was 17 and he thought I was pushing 30. Um, I'm, I'm six foot six um, and I've been six foot six since I was 14. Um, I had a bit of a beard at the time, so everyone thought I was 27 rather than 17. Um, <laughs> for whatever reason, it wasn't seen as a problem, so I just got on with it and continued writing the laws. <laughs> That does sound like a brilliant childhood, to be honest, when you're 16, 17. When I was 16, 17, I was getting drunk in a park. <laughs> you, totally, you certainly got well, enough over the world I was doing. <laughs> um, how, how, how did that go then from you going, obviously, you made Die Hard Trilogy, one of my favourite games on the PS1, by the way. I played that. Play, Die Hard 3 is still the yeah. game I never completed because it just, um, like, it's just too difficult. That's <laughs> right. That's my friend Alex thought he made uh, most of the levels to that, um, including the end section where you have to jump the car into a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, there was. I think I got to the third level and then I kept dying. I completed the first one. Yeah, I loved that first one. I beat that probably about four or five times. Um, oh. Die Hard Two, if I remember correctly, I completed, but I did not beat three. It was too hard. It, yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, what was the game after you made that sort of thing? What was your crowning achievement working for that company? After you um, it probably was Die Hard Trilogy. Um, I worked on a lot of random stuff for them. I did some cutscene stuff for Extreme G, the um, Wipeout ripoff for the N64. Um, sorry, I shouldn't say ripoff. I should. <laughs> clone. It's a clone. <laughs> yes. um, someone inspired by, shall we say. Um, what else did I work on? I, were, I, I, did, I was very good, well, I still am very good at working with low colours for textures and stuff. So I did a lot of colour reduction for, um, there was a Batman scrolling beat-em-up. I think it was sort of SNES. Um, it was the Jim Carrey one, because I remember working on some Jim Carrey sprites. Um, Is that for the mask game? No, no, no ba Batman. Batman Forever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wherever he's the, um, the, the Riddler. Um, yes. Yeah, I did some stuff with that. Um, what else did I do? I, I worked on an unreleased um, soccer game. I say soccer because it started off as a football game for the World Cup, which would have been early 98 by this point. Um, but 
for whatever reason, the license kept changing. And by the time I left private, it was meant to be Major League Soccer for the States. I have no knowledge of football whatsoever, so I, I couldn't even tell you. It, it might have got released. I honestly don't know. Um, well, I was going to ask you what football team you support, being that you're from Kent. I was expecting you were yeah. going to say Gillingham, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, never even seen a football match live. Um, my, my house... When I grew up, I sort of backed onto the uh, sitting ball football pitch, but I, I never even watched it. Uh, I'm not against it. It's just never particularly interested. I'm a very indoors person. I go for walks and then I sit at a computer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the same, exactly yeah. the same. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you've obviously gone from there. You started making your own game. How far into you leaving Pride did it start thinking about maybe going on your own? Going out on um, well, I ended up, I was poached um, by the lead coder of Die Hard Trilogy, a chap called Simon Pick. Um, so I worked for him at a company called Picture House for a few years. Um, we released a game called Terracon for the PS1. Yes. Um, very, very well received. Everyone seemed to like it. Trouble was, it came out the same month as the PS2 did. Subsequently, nobody bought it. <laughs> uh, kind of the story of my life, really. Um, but then, yeah, unfortunately, um, we working at Picture House was fun, but um, um, bad luck was literally our motto in that we were working on a, uh, it was essentially sort of a, a game show game, um, lots of crazy stuff. You'd run around, and the idea was that you were some kind of explosives expert who would blow up um sort of worldwide monuments and i had literally recently finished making the world trade center twin towers when they were knocked down by some um terrorist types subsequently yeah. that game was cancelled <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that seems appropriate yeah unfortunately we'd been working on that for about two years at that point um so yeah that yeah, that, that that was a bit of a... No, 18 months. But yeah, that, that was a pain. Um, we were then given the, the Lemmings license, and we made essentially the entirety of a Lemmings game for the PS2. And for whatever reason, Sony decided not to release it. Um, so I know there is a... Yeah, I think Simon's probably got the only copy, but there is a essentially 90% complete PS2 Lemmings game. Do you know, how, uh, very... I, I mean, me and Larry spoke about this before about games that are um, are really, really rare because obviously he's big into retro games yes. and, and gaming lore. Uh, yep. So there are games, this game in particular you're talking about, Lemmings, is it playable at least to the point of completion or is it like this missing? Yeah. Um, we, we designed around 150 levels. There's 120 in it. Um, okay. Essentially, it was entirely completable. Um, they just pulled the plug for some reason. Ah, so that really, that could be like one of the rarest games in existence, then. Uh, yeah, theoretically. Ooh, one of those could be worth that. Be worth a fortune one day. Uh, you are obviously known for making Horace. Where did that idea come around? Because obviously, when you see Horace, you think Lego. Because he does yeah. work on the Lego guys. Uh, how um, did that inspiration come from making that? Well, this is it. My my one of my very first favorite games was Jet Set Willy for the well, ZX Spectrum bought it on the Commodore 64 um, and of course that's a, a small 
man in a nice hat going around a large house collecting rubbish. Um, and I thought I'd like to do that. Um, and so first a year, <laughs> I, I, I did that. <laughs> to, the, to the point that um, the, the, the robot in Horace is essentially um, Jet Set Willie himself kind of scaled up. Um, okay. It's why he has quite a, quite a large eye and a very simple face. Um, it's because I wanted him, his, his silhouette to effectively be the same. Um, that and the, the other major influence was the Peter Sellers film Being There from 1980, which, although it won an Oscar, nobody ever seems to have seen it. It's very good. I can recommend it. Okay. That does sound very cool. Uh, how did your relationship with Super Rare come around? Um, initially, um, I developed Horace with um, uh, the 5x5 games. They funded everything. Um, and once we... We, we'd released and it didn't exactly set the world on fire but obviously it we got some decent fans i think the people that play horace tend to love horace um that may be slightly yeah. big-headed to say but it, it, it's more of a case of getting people to play it um yeah. but after it had kind of gained a decent reputation um basically super rare approached um 505 um kind of without me um i was more than happy to to join in and provide them with artwork and stuff but it was kind of done without my my say so um obviously i wasn't going to say no i i like yeah. having physical copies i'm a big physical copy man so yeah no i'm, I'm a i'm very very thankful to them for approaching us that is very cool um is there another game that you're possibly working on after Horace? Because obviously Horace is now sort of gone into the wind. Is there mm. any other games you're thinking about making as a follow-up? We maybe see a Horace 2 or... Yes, I am very much trying to get Horace 2 off the ground. Um, I, yeah, I've been, obviously been making games for nearly 30 years, so I do have a lot of ideas for games. I have a couple of other ideas, um, sort of musical rhythm type thing. I discovered that people really enjoy the mini games in Horace. So I kind of want to do something with that. Um, but my main concern at the moment is trying to get Horace 2 off the ground. Um, but obviously Horace took me nine years from inception to get the PC version out. And then 13 years in total until February this year when the PlayStation and Xbox versions came out. So by that, I can promise Horace 2 should be out by 2035. 36, <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> is there, is, what was the reason for, for it taking so long? Was it more the fact that you were just trying to get people to, to say yes, or was it more that you it was taking so long to make? Um, yeah, it's, it's a huge game, and I did most of it by myself. <laughs> oh, flipping hell. That's, that's the main thing. Um, the first five years I entirely did by myself, um, that was the first two hours of the game. Um, I worked in my spare time. I was doing a lot of freelancing at the time. Um, but that was when I realised to finish the game as I wanted it, I needed someone else to help, um, or I would basically still be working on it now. Um, obviously, I know a decent amount of other developers, um, but the only thing which I'm not so good at is coding. So I asked my friend John, who I've known since... 1998 i think we've worked together um yeah. and he was more than happy to come on board but of course i had to pay him which is where 505 and finance and all that 
boring and scary stuff. <laughs> Weird to say boring and scary, but I mean, uh, boring in the sense of this business and scary in the sense of this business. <laughs> what what was uh, the what was the contact there? What did you show them? Was it like you were showing them the game, or was it because they knew yeah. you from reputation? No, um, we we went to a developers conference called Interface in 2015. Um, and I was able to literally present the first two hours of game. Um, we, the conference people, had put us together with six different publishers. It was really nice because they all absolutely loved it. Um, and then essentially 505 offered us the best deal. Um, yeah, and it just sort of spiraled from there, really. That is very cool. Uh, you are a big WWE fan. David Craddock, who's been on this podcast before, is also a big WWE fan. He's given his thoughts on the product to date. Uh, I wanted to know what are your thoughts regarding WWE now and what it was post or pre Vince McMahon? Mm. Um, Oh, I must admit, I haven't watched it weekly since uh, Becky Lynch. 2019 mm. when she won stuff and was all over everything um that was very good yeah covid kind of killed it for me i, I couldn't watch it without an audience it felt very strange um but i did I, I i have been keeping up with it i enjoyed wrestlemania this year i enjoyed um sammy zane and kevin owens um or indeed el generico and kevin steen versus the um the, the usos um that, that was very good i thoroughly enjoyed that um Trying to think of the most the most recent thing I watched was uh, the Saudi show. I essentially watched it like a week later, so I'd had it entirely spoiled. But I just wanted to see Asuka win the Raw Women's Championship against yeah. Bianca Belair. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's there's too much of it for me these days. I can't keep up. I try to watch a bit of AEW. I try to watch some Japanese stuff. I used to have a Chikara subscription um but i think i just burnt myself out so i find I, I, I watch a lot of wwe on youtube um but i don't know i think a lot of it's too polished for me i, I like i like it looking scrappy and obviously i watched a lot of the um attitude era and uh, the what they call the one after that John Cena did his thing. Oh, ruthless aggression. Yes, the one. Yes, of course. Yeah, ruthless aggression, slapping what's his face. Um, Kurt Angle. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I watched. I watched it pretty much religiously from um, the early eighties. We we had Sky before it was Sky. We we had. Um, I can't remember the name of the cable company, but basically in 1984 when Sky launched, um, we got it as part of our cable pack package. Um, so I was able to see sort of the run up to WrestleMania one and WrestleMania two. Um, yeah. Cause my granddad was a big fan of world of sport. You know, they did ITV wrestling. So I was already aware of wrestling, but I was, I was always aware that it wasn't real. I knew that it was acting. Um, but when, when WWE or the WWF started airing at the time, it felt very different. It it's weird, I guess. At the time, the bigger production values was what 
what I preferred as a six-year-old or however old I was. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I find it find it more difficult to follow these days. The the, the things like the starting raw of a twenty-minute promo in a ring and things like that, I find it very like do people actually watch it? Like I don't know. It's strange. Yeah. I mean, I don't re- I don't watch it too much anymore. Um, I've found the product has got slightly better over the last few weeks. Mm. Uh, I've been dipping in and out of uh, of the product to see what I've been up. Um, but yeah, I, I, w- I will agree with you there. I didn't think it was uh, it was particularly. It, it hasn't been the same for for many many years. I think the quality is, has dipped quite considerably. It, uh, it, this is it. I think for. Me, the big turning point was sadly when Eddie Guerrero and obviously Chris Benoit died. Um, everything felt very different. It didn't feel as fun from that point, and it never felt like it quite recovered. Mm. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, us as developers because we are still trying to uh, to even get a little bit of funding to actually make a game. Uh, cool. What is your process in going towards publishers and, and other people? With this sort of thing. Uh, personally, I believe in trying to get together as much as you can, um, as much outline, as much um, sort of design illustrations. Um, if you can get anything which actually looks like the game working, um, either as a presentation video or as um, sort of mock-ups, I think that's very important. Um, when we went to this conference, as I was saying, um, I was very shy about asking for money because I don't like asking for money. Um, but we were asking for apparently very little. And one people, well, one person that we met, um, he basically, when, when I said we just wanted a few hundred thousand, he basically pointed out that I'd shown him two hours worth of a game wanting a couple hundred thousand. And the people before us had given him an A4 sheet of paper and wanted two million pounds. So I think that's the main thing, show publishers something <laughs> yeah i mean this is our pitch deck um the reason that we've asked for yeah the reason we've asked for the amount we've asked for uh which is i'm not going to tell you guys on here what it is uh, no. but that is what we've asked for so about three point yeah uh, yeah but this is what we've our advice we've been given from other studios to go for yeah uh, would this be something that a publisher or developer would like? Where could we improve uh, as far as making our pitch deck look better? Because um, obviously I, we can't sorry. make the game yet without funding because we can't. No, no, <laughs> I haven't no, got no. any coders or animators, so I can literally go on stuff without making anything. I was going to say, it's, it's, it's a lot more together than my Horace one was. Um, so the only thing I have over you is that I had a, a, a playable to obviously show off. Um, yeah. No, I like the styling. It's very good. No, of course. A lot of this is AI art and stuff we fed it, what we wanted. Uh, obviously, we haven't had any artists make stuff, but this has basically come from me. A lot of this is my ideas. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's, it's you, you've got images to show ideas. That's the main thing. Um, I, I I find um, lots of producers and publishers in general um, don't have a lot of imagination. I don't 
mean to you know generalize people um but i often find if you try to explain something to you know someone at the publisher they often don't get it but if you can show them pictures and explain what the pictures mean what the pictures mean to what you're explaining it's infinitely better yeah i mean i do think we do have a, a fairly good um a set team uh we've got a number of voice actors there's obviously antonio there uh who's a very big music producer uh, in the independent music scene especially in london he's had a double number one uh callum obviously his big thing is level design uh, he's made VR games in the past for master's degree or graduate's degree, I should say. Yep. Uh, so obviously, and then there's me, who's a scriptwriter, and I've been working managing businesses now for about 12 years. Nice. So, yeah, my, I mean, the, the main issues that we have is there's going to be a lot of indie developers out there who are struggling to put the pieces together. And this is what we've been hearing repeatedly, is that they don't want to work with the studio. They want to do it on their own, but they can't get the the pieces to form and obviously you've been a success story at that being that you've had experience in it but you've also got people around you that are willing to help whereas other people may not have what would be your suggestion for those sort of people who are stuck kind of in a loop and don't know a way out because they just do not have the money to to get to the next step um yeah oh i mean the obvious thing to do would be to try and find as many contacts as possible and um off uh, not, i don't want to say begging email but basically asking people for any help um like i say i'm i'm lucky in that i by the time i decided to go independently i already knew a large amount of people in the industry both publishers and developers um like I said, I think getting people to help and getting things together as much as you can as cheaply as possible. Um, like personally, I use 90% of the software I use is freeware and shareware and stuff like that. Um, so I'm a big fan of just trying to get things down and together as quickly as possible. Um, yeah. I guess it just goes back to having something to show people um i mean we've also got other games as well that we've been trying to make um but obviously ours is a bit like yours space age platformer larry was yep. meant to be uh, one of the voice characters as your nice, yeah. um but i thought this was actually a pretty good idea so essentially it would be your little alien fighting a giant cloud of like uh, a sentient cloud who's, who's swallowing up the universe it, it, it follows the principle of entropy uh, in science. Um, so your idea, the idea would be that you'd go to every planet in the galaxy and you battle the aliens that it'd basically taken, rescue little small aliens, bring them onto your ship, to find them a new home, yep. uh, have space battles and things like that, and, and 3D boss like arenas, so it'd be basically a giant circle. Uh, and one of the nice. was actually to fight Elon Musk <laughs> as one of the bosses. He's, he's sitting in his little hub in Mars. Um, but Obviously, that sort of game is very, very difficult because it's all in my head and I mm. can't put it onto paper. Is there any like examples of how an indie developer who may be lacking skills in certain things, how they can find ways around it if they do not have anyone to is like courses or anything they should take or like how to form their ideas onto 
onto paper or onto screen? Oh, um, I mean, I must admit uh, these days, if ever I come across something which I can't do or something which I want to sort of improve upon, I generally just go to YouTube and look up how to do it. Um, obviously, the slightly embarrassing thing is there that uh, quite often you realise sort of two minutes into a video that you're actually listening to a 13 year old explaining to you how to, to code. Yeah, or that's whatever. slightly embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, personally, um, when I decided I wanted to make Horace, as I say, my, my weakest point was coding. So I looked into what I could use to um, what, what basically had the easiest pipeline from um, like idea to um, coding, if you sort of mean. Um, and at the time, Game Maker um, was a very sort of simple um making tool it's very drag and drop you can drop animated gifs and things into it for sprites and yeah. other bits and bobs and the, the, the flow you could join things together like a proper flow chart and things so you didn't really have to code too much rather than dragging chunks of pre-written code around um so i can recommend doing that um i don't necessarily know what the equivalent for that to art would be <laughs> yeah. just trying to think what I did um, like so you've got background in art so uh, our yeah. biggest problem is I do not have any artists so if right. anyone wanted to help <laughs> that'd be yeah. great I, I, I'd love to help obviously I'm <laughs> trying to get me Horace 2 going at the moment yeah. I mean, uh, we, we're, we're happy to assist you with that we have got facilities uh, we do run support services we have got people that can do Q&A and oh, awesome music production and all that sort of thing nice yeah um but anyway uh, it's time for our final segment it's time for pitch wars uh so this is a game of pitch wars this is where i take on developers to try and have one minute uh, to come up uh, with a game from five suggestions uh, the suggestion categories are environment weapons theme feature and main character I will allow, because usually Callum does this, and obviously he's not here, so I will shift over to Bam and Chloe. I need a theme, please. You need a what? A theme think... for a video game, yeah. A theme, huh? Yep. Um, space. Space, okay. We'll put it in the chat. There we go. Uh, I need a character, a main character. Like uh, like one that's already existing, or like, you know, like we make one. I up. mean, Cal Callum, last time I did that, he had cats. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds like Callum. Yeah. Um, Bam, I'll let you take this one, seeing as I chose the thing. Let's go. I got you. Since you said space, let's go, space monkey. Monkeys. Okay. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, I need a feature. A what? A feature, a mechanic. I should say a mechanic. Um, jet jetpacks, space space jetpacks. Jetpacks, jet yeah, that'll do. Okay, I need a boss. Oh, an enemy. An enemy. <sighs> Giant. Giant. Any, any a giant what? A giant 
Ogre, sure. Try an ogre, and I need a weapons. Something we could use as a weapon. Do bananas. Bananas. With the with with the with the banana clips. <laughs> oh, somebody put me on the team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, yeah, that's basically step forward. Uh, so time period. Time period. Um, I mean, this is this has got to yeah. be some futuristic stuff, man. You got a space, but you got a space monkey yeah. guy here doing well with space bananas with the banana clips fighting space ogres. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're only supposed to give us suggestions, not give us yeah. ideas. <laughs> so, yeah, but futuristic. Okay, right, oh, so we've got one minute uh, to come up with a basic game that includes space monkeys, jetpacks, giant ogres, bananas, and is set in the future. Uh, it could be in any form you want. Uh, you don't necessarily have to be the monkey, or you could be a giant ogre if you wish, or you could be a banana. It's up to you, but that is your six suggestions. We have 60 seconds. Uh, if you guys wouldn't mind counting us down. I shall set a 60-second timer. So. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. As soon as I've got this going, I will tell you, and then, no. No. Right, you ready? Uh, one minute. Yep, ready. Paul? Yep. Right, three. Two, one, timer has started. Should I be talking? No, you're right. You've got 60 seconds to come up with a game. Right, okay. Uh, right, so, Space Monkeys. In the 1960s, NASA experimented by finding a... Oh, no, 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 no. we got we got right. They're counting down. Yeah. <laughs> 60 seconds to write it. I've got 60 seconds to write it. Yeah. Got... <clears throat> well, you've now got 30. Is this just for Paul or what? I think it's just for me. It's me versus Paul. Oh, okay. I didn't realise yeah, that's, right that's why we were coming up with the ideas, but. Oh, I got you. I was about to. I, hey, I was about to be on 10. I was about to drop to the heat. <laughs> By the way, excuse me if you hear any buttons clicking and clacking in the back. I am playing that Zelda. Speaking of. And your minute is up. Okay. okay, mine is completely ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ten seconds for Paul. Ne nearly done. <laughs> Seven, six, five. Five, four, three, two, one. Pencils down. Okay, uh, I'm going to let Paul go first. Oh, right. oh. <laughs> I made a very comedic spelling error at the end there. Um, right, should I should I yep. speak this out loud? Yep. 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 Right, it actually started the way I was going to start with. In the 1960s, NASA experimented with sending super intelligent monkeys into space. Now, sometime in the future, you play the offspring of these monkeys who are opening a space restaurant where they live on the moon and have to send uh, set, <laughs> serve endless space ogres in the style of cooking mama. <laughs> That's actually brilliant. That's actually brilliant. <laughs> uh, I like that one a lot. I think, I think, oh, I don't know. Anyway. Um, a monkey loses his banana through sp into space. He gets sucked out the plane, out the, uh, I'm not out the rocket, uh, and to get it back, 
the now his monkey started breeding so he could form a giant monkey chain and grab the banana. The banana, whilst in space, becomes sentient. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the banana then has to fire giant ogres at the monkey who are on jetpacks. And it's set in 1915. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, forward. I'm over yeah. three. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to give that one to Paul. I don't know where the farmer agrees, but... I, I, I should have added a, a sentient banana. That's, that's <laughs> I my, my, my pitch was it's alright, you've won anyway. Yeah, I'm 0 for 3. I lose well. all the time. <laughs> Developers obviously better than me. They've had a lot more practice. Bam, what was your thoughts? Who won? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get it to Paul, man. Yeah, I, know, I thought yeah, we had... yeah, that was a long time. <laughs> I'm 0 3. One day I will win. I will beat someone, anyone. You will find me the worst developer in the world. I will beat them. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it. That's been episode 108. Thank you to everybody for joining us, especially to Paul. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Um, oh, before I go, I actually wanted to pitch you one other game uh, that I have been thinking about. A battle royale with cats and super soakers. Oh. I know somebody who And a grenade is like hairballs. I know somebody who loves that. Callum. What cats look particularly funny. Yeah, so but you have like little yeah. short ones and they're all like really cute, but then yeah. there's like you can have this like different breeds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they've got like super soakers for guns and, and grenades are like hairballs and they throw water balloons at each other, stuff like that. Battle it's basically a battle royale. You need some uh, sneaky ninja cats as well that need to yeah. use the uh, super soakers to like hide their scent and stuff. Yeah, so you have like the big tabbies are like the are the like the uh what the calicos they're like the brutes and yeah. then you have like the ninja cats and like the road types yeah yeah no, that's no. my idea very very simple very simple yeah, no, that's, cat and change colors and features that's 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 the good ideas the the, the ones that write themselves are the the, the, the good ones <laughs> yeah if, if you're interested in in uh like for like development there anyway that's good <laughs> <laughs> that was such a cheesy pun anyway uh, that's going to do it thank you to Chloe and Ben for joining me this week no problem oh, apologies for being slightly later than normal that's alright don't worry about it Bam, thank you yeah man so I was pleasure talking about these games man yeah we'll be back on next week episode 109 don't forget to check out the website uh, we'll be back on today later on today uh, with uh, Xbox game showcase coverage uh, we have been skipping the last few because there is far too many showcases this week Slow down. Uh, the uh, Monday ones will be back on Monday with more showcases. It's going to be going on the week. We've got till the 15th. Uh, but we'll be back on uh, today. Uh, don't forget to check out the website. Uh, they're also on the major uh, YouTube channel. I'm going to be covering the next GTA online update. The last one was terrible. But anyway, uh, that's going to do it. I will see you next week. Same time, same place. Take care, guys. Love you. See you soon. Bye. 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 It's the Talking Games Podcast.